0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against this? Hi, Villains, and welcome to For Love of Paul McGrath podcast. I wanted to pop on because um, Marcus Alonso has been linked with Aston Villa today. He was linked two days ago as well, I think. He was linked with Aston Villa today. Um, This is a pre-recorded podcast just for anybody who's uh, who's, who's wondering, uh, who's tuning in. Um, But I wanted to chat about Marcus Alonso very quickly because the first thing that came to my mind was why. That was the question that came to my mind: Is why would we sign Marcus Alonso? And I, I've I've been digging into it for the last four or five days since we were originally uh, linked with him. And uh, I think it's a really interesting link. I think uh, <clears throat> there's 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 a couple of things in it. He's somebody who's definitely gettable. Um, he is Barcelona need to free up spaces within their squad to bring in players. Uh, Marcus Alonso obviously was brought in there last year. And um they're looking to to free him up and, and he's somebody who knows the Premier League inside out. Um and I was thinking an awful lot about this, thinking an awful lot about, about him as a player, about his age demographic. I was thinking an awful lot about maybe why we would want to bring him in. And <clears throat> I've put together a few slides and 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 I don't know is is, is is the answer. I don't know whether this is gonna happen. Um but I want to talk a small little bit about it anyway, just to, it's uh, supposed to give my thoughts on it as the potential reasons why. Um, now, I'm fully aware that we're two minutes and five seconds into this already. And I'm sure there's comments underneath going, we don't need him. He's too old. What's the, why would we bring in somebody who's 32 years of age? Um, you know, he's going to be on huge wages. I'm fully aware all those comments are going to come at some stage um, underneath this, uh, this video. But let's park all that for a moment, and let's see potential as to why number one, uh, we may be interested in this person. I, I don't know whether we're, whether the, the 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 link is credible. I don't know whether the link is um, is a valid link. Um, <clears throat> it has a lot of hallmarks of a potential. Uh, when I when I sat back and I thought about it, I can see an awful lot of reasons why Unai Emery would be interested in Marcos Alonso. Um, and uh, I hope to talk to them about about them to you to you guys now. So. When I sat back and I and, and I started watching some of his video at Barcelona on WhyScope, but but before that I, I I sat and I kind of thought as to, okay, you know, what do we have? Are we bringing him in as a left back? What are we doing? What are we going to do there? Like has started to play off his skin. Uh, Alex I is probably going to be back in training this week with a view to potentially making the squad for Liverpool, if not Liverpool. Definitely making the squad um, the squad after the international break, and you know where is the urgency for that left back if Luca Dean is staying, and that, that's that's what was going through my mind last night. And then I thought back even further, and I went, I remember my podcast after the Newcastle game, and I spoke about somebody coming in who was experienced, who was a leader, who could come in, and who could be somebody in a dressing room or somebody on the t- on the field, where players could look up to, they could look to him for, I suppose, guidance, for leadership, for experience, for, you know, an old steady hand, an older steady hand. And I asked about that when Tyrone Mings went down. And I suppose really if you were to look at somebody who's got experience of winning at the highest level, um, of playing at the highest level, of, um, of knowing the Premier League, and also, rumored to be available for four, four or five million euros. I think Marcus Alonso is pretty much the best that you're going to get, uh, one of the best that you're going. To, obviously, I know people are probably going to say stuff like, "Why don't we go for Sergio Ramos?" Ain't happening. It, like, would would never in a million years happen. Um, but I know, I I know, like, obviously, I'm saying that Marcus Alonso is the best. Obviously, he's not. There's there's other people you could go for as well. But I suppose when you take all the things and you factor everything into into play. Somebody who's left-footed, somebody who can play that left side of left side of defence. Um, if Pau Torres does go down, I know people are going to say that Diego Carlos can play over there as well. Um, but keeping that stable of four centre halves would be good. Uh, if we were to get rid of Luca Dean, um, at some stage, and when I say rid, I don't mean that in a negative way. If we were to move on Luka Dean at some stage, if he decided he wanted to go over the next few weeks before the end of the end of the transfer window, Marcus Alonso could come in here and could command both of those positions. Now, initially my thoughts were thirty-two-year-old playing left back if he needed to, or thirty-two-year-old playing left centre half. Marcus Alonso last year for Barcelona, and granted Barcelona won the league at a canter, but last year Barcelona had an unbelievable record in defence, unbelievable record uh, last year in defence, and just as I. Um, as I said this, the number went out of my mind. Um, because I had I had memorized the number because I don't like looking up things here on the streams. Um, but uh I, I had memorized it and I can't remember it now, so I'm gonna try and see if I can look it up here as I talk to you. Um but but they had they had a fantastic uh, uh goals conceded record last year. You know, their defense was rock solid. Xavi got them playing rock solid football last season. And uh Marcus Lonzo was part of that. You know, he was part of that uh, of that group. Um, like last season, he played 24 games, 24 league games for Barcelona last year. He scored three goals. Uh, all in all, he played 37 games for Barcelona last year. Very, very uh, active in Europe. Uh, seven games in Europe, two goals. Um, and uh, he, had, uh, he had 24, as I said, 24 uh, games in the league and um, had five games in National Cups as well. So, you know it's it, he he hasn't shown signs of slowing down if that makes sense from a defensive point of view as in he's still as good a defender as you're probably going to find um for 5 million euros and somebody to come into this team like we're not looking for a massive long term replacement in this team so like if we were to bring somebody in they could cover two positions while also being that That leader, that, 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 uh, as I said, that experience said in the dressing room for 5 million euros, Marcus Alonso would be absolutely fantastic. You know, plenty of Premier League experience between time, time he's played at Bolton Wanderers, times he played at Sunderland, 154 league appearances for Chelsea. You know, the guy isn't going, isn't going to lack for, um, for, for experience in the league. He can come in, he can hit, hit the ground running. And, uh, I just think, I, I think he would be, uh, I think you'd be I think people are going to be will be underwhelmed if we signed him I can completely understand that completely understand that people will be underwhelmed if we signed him but there's a certain type of smartness to it as well you know granted he'll be 33 on the 28th of december there's a certain type of smartness and the reason I say that is because I I'm, I'm wondering if if anybody is um I wonder if anybody mentioned there that maybe, you know, what does he bring the Tyrone Mings brought to the team apart from this leadership piece? And when I looked at his statistics last year playing for Barcelona, I was actually blown away by some of the statistics he had. Now, his passing statistics, obviously, playing with Barcelona are going to be high. They're really, really good. And let me bring up his, his, uh, his slide deck here now in a moment because I want to sh- show him in comparison to left backs and, uh, and as well to centre halves. So, looking first of all, I think if you want to look down there at his um, at his heat map, uh, looking there at his heat map, uh, we can see that he has he played more left centre back last season, played in a back three as well, and um, was able to get forward when he did when he needed to get forward. You can see that he's over that that uh, that that halfway line an awful lot. But looking at at his statistics here in comparison to the two incumbents, passing, obviously, is going to be something that's huge. We know Unai Emery wants passers. He wants metronomic passers. We, we took a look. If you guys haven't seen it on my Twitter account, go to my Twitter account and you'll be able to see how Unai Emery likes to likes to build up his attacking play um, with that W formation. Um you need somebody who's going to be in there. You need to have lots of passes to be able to get that working. You need to have lots of passes in and around your back line, passing it out to one side, back across the field to the other side, into the middle of the park, back to the center halves. You, you need to have that because what it does is it allows people to get set. But also, you need, to draw, you need to draw players forward. So there's an element of cat and mouse. So you're going to need somebody who's really good at passing. The statistics here are off the scale for his passing. Passing attempts—you're going to look at them there. 80 passing attempts per game per 90 minutes. Pass percentage ratio of 89.5 percent. Absolutely phenomenal stuff. And these are these are as a left back. Wait till we look at his stuff as a centre half in a moment as well. Progressive passes right up there as well. You know, way better than any progressive passes any of the two our two incumbent uh, left and right back have here. Or sorry, two left backs. So I say Moreno and. Uh, and uh, Luka Dean have had previously, unbelievable. Yes, he's not a great crosser of the ball, or he. Sorry, he hasn't crossed the ball an awful lot in the last three hundred sixty-five days. Do you know why? Because he's been playing left centre half as well. He's been playing left centre half in the back three. Really interesting numbers here from him as well. Um, you know, with ball recoveries, so. His defensive nose has never been questioned, really. As uh, well, it, it hasn't been questioned at Barcelona anyway since he since he was there, or since he started to move into that 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 left side of a back three. Um he's six two, you know, so he brings that element of height. Yes, he's not six four like uh, like Ming's is, but he's he he's got decent height. It w- he he would be like six two. We, we need we need somebody who's who's going to be tall to come in here as well. And six two is 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 uh, very tall um in that aspect as well. But just, just looking at these ball recoveries here. The ability to be able to win the ball. So so a lot of things here actually I'm just going to discuss with regards to and I've discussed this previously. When we look at defensive defensive statistics here, we can see tackles per ninety, interceptions per ninety, recoveries. That top quadrant from nine o'clock if we were looking at it as a clock to twelve o'clock, that's kind of where I look at for my um my defensive side of things. Now, there's different ways of winning the ball, as 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 you as everybody well knows. You can tackle and you can win it. How many times do people tackle and retain possession of the ball? Very few. We see the best defenders don't go off their feet or don't need to tackle. We see the best defenders win those jewels standing up or. Getting in a position to intercept passes, and when I and interceptions here are different to ball recoveries, but getting positions where you can run players into areas they're not comfortable and take the ball off them that wouldn't count as an interception for these statistics as well. So the fact that he's got low tackle rate, the fact that he's got a comparable interception rate to to Dina and and to Moreno, but the fact that he's got a huge um, ball recovery rate here leads me to to think like. If anybody's worried about his speed, if anybody's worried about his turn of pace, it's the it, it, like the how many centre halves or how many how many defenders have you seen even in the Premier League that have had that first two steps in their in their head? Marcus Lonzo knows how to defend. Is essentially what I'm saying here. So sometimes you can get all hung up in oh he gets skinned for pace. Now people are going to start talking about the high line. That might be a concern. I don't know how. I have not I don't know how he would fare in that that's a that is and that is a fair concern but the 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 fact of the matter here is with somebody like Marcus Alonso if we're relying on him to come in and play 40 games a season or, t- or 30 games a season because we get another injury we can do that if we're relying on him to come in and play split split minutes <clears throat> 20 minutes. Sorry, 20, 20 games at left back, 10 games at centre half. We can do that too. The guy's really versatile. The guy's a, a good defender. He, he would be a leader in the dressing room. And, uh, you know, as I say, he's, he, he's still doing it at 32, soon to be 33 years of age as a left back. Now, let's look at him at, at centre half. And this is where my mind kind of started to blow a small a bit. Because I didn't expect him to be as <clears throat> comparable to Tyrone Mings from an output point of view, from a statistical output point of view. Now, Tyrone Mings' output there is in pink. You'll be able to see it there, the lightish pink. And when we look at the aerial Jules part, that's the bit that kind of really kind of blew my mind. The one thing we miss with Tyrone Mings is his ability to win a header. Marcus Alonso comes in at the exact same rate winning uh, of aerial percentage as uh, aerial Jules won. 70% of aerial Jules won. He's a far better ball recovery rate. He's a, comparable, he's a better tackling rate, which remember when I said before, good defenders, there are, there are defenders who are tasked with tackling, there are defenders who are tasked with standing up players and, and ushering them into different areas. So the only real area that Tyrone means has a vast difference in here is the interception rate. Um, but that arguably is counteracted by uh, Marcus Alonso's recovery rate. Now, I completely understand as well that Marcus Alonso may not have had to do as much um defending playing with Barcelona. You know, obviously Barcelona are going to dictate games, they're going to dictate possession, they're going to dictate uh, uh, the time in possession, you know, so the, the the opposition won't have as much time with the ball. So that's going to be something that would be interesting from, from that point of view. Um but all in all, I think look, listen, the, the the Marcus Alonso piece, it's it's an interesting one. I'm just thinking about it. I don't I don't know whether I am ye or nay this signing yet. I think based on the statistics and what I've seen, I am pro, I would be pro this signing based on on uh, on what I've seen. If it was somebody to come in and cover those two positions and offer that leadership within the dressing room, I don't know if Marcus Alonso wants to do that. I think he's got. Uh, I think at, at thirty two, thirty three, he still thinks he's got he's got gas in the tank, and he does because he's still performing really well. But I think if Unai Emery did want to sign him and was giving a consideration. I think as a fan base, we should probably look at this one as maybe short-termism and give it that consideration as well because not every player has to be 22, 23 with their whole career ahead of them. But Villa have lost in Tyrone Mings, they, they arguably need to replace. And replacing that, as you can see here, the statistics in front of you, plus the fact that this guy is a winning, winner's mentality, he's won a lot of, a lot of trophies in his, in his career, is something that he could bring to the dressing room as well as what he brings on the field as well so that's a small little bit on marcus lonzo just a little bit of uh as i say my thoughts as to why we might be interested in him i don't know whether there's any truth to this or not drop a comment below if you think there is any truth to this at all you may think that everything i've said here is complete and utter nonsense as well that's fine that's what the internet is for it's for discourse um but As I say, we will see how the last few days of this transfer window does pan out. We've got uh, a few more days left and I'm sure that Villa will be busy and uh, busy on the incomings, I think, as well as tying up the deals for those outgoings as well. So thanks very much, everybody. Hope you've enjoyed this. In the meantime, we will be back. Stay safe, stay healthy and all that's left to say is up the Villa.